Over 100 years ago, the Daleth volcanic chafing bade its ally, the Coral Spirit, to swallow up the proud merchant ship Beryl Green and all its cargo and cast them to the bottom of the sea. Beryl Green slept there under a blanket of kelp, along with all its treasures save the one treasure it had lost, the sound of music from within and the deep feelings of affection that accompanied it. Now the Coral Spirit has seen fit to bring the ship back up. Chafing never changes its mind, but the coral does, however inscrutable its raisins. Today, still half-drunk from the party where they met, Cobb is looking for treasure, Tissa is looking for destiny, and Penelope is looking for the way out of the darkness. Penelope is about to get her wish. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm Kat, I am your hostess, and... Uh, goblin, for real. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Goblin Lord. You can you can really tell the line between the things that I've prepared and the things I haven't, huh? <laughs> Oops. Well, you you um, always have said that you're a red creature. This is, I'm absolutely a red creature. I tap to deal damage to all your asses. Um, with me are our sound sorceress Kathleen playing Tissa. I have to go first this time, I guess. Absolutely, you do. Uh, Kirsten, a level five Kirsten. I, I reach level five. One day, maybe I'll reach level 10. We'll see. I believe in you. Yeah, you can do it. And Nick, who is in the monster manual under Nick. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm back and feeling great. I am glad to hear that. You don't know that, listeners, but I was gone for a little bit. He was. And we made a best friend for him. Yeah. It's going to be a best friend. Through the magic of recording and podcasts, you didn't even know that he was gone. Unless we told you. I don't remember what happened last week. I was, I was getting a little too into pirate character. <laughs> Some of you might never even have known he existed. Hmm. Wow. Deep. Well, I mean, let's, let's not get into that philosophy because we still can't prove that. <laughs> this is absolutely true. So when last we encountered our uh, adventurers, they were in the ship's cabin aboard the former shipwreck Beryl Green. After plucking a harp string that had been partly calcified by the coral, the storm outside began to rage in earnest, and there was a sudden cracking noise from the coral that was holding the ship up. I would like everybody right now to give me a good old roll of adaptability and um, a skill. Convince me. Survival otherwise. Cobb is very obviously going to do athletics as he scrambles to not only grab the lockbox that he discovered last time, but also anyone else who looks like they might need a hand and scramble out of the cabin. I'm going to say that... Um, we're gonna we're gonna scale these up. We're gonna say to stay upright, Cobb's gonna need one success, and he's gonna need an additional su success for everything he wants to grab, or every one. Hmm. Let's let's see how many successes Cobb can get here. Cobb can get two successes, but one of them is an edge success, which he is going to take, and he is going to stay upright. And still, still kind of drunkenly, like not paying attention to surroundings, he is only grabbing the chest or the lockbox or whatever it was. Okay. He's got his eyes on the prize. So 
With the Edge success, I'm going to say that um, you're not going to be able to take the lockbox, but you are going to be able to grab it to steady yourself. You've got it. All right. It's cemented in the coral. Tob is going to kick at it then uh, impotently. Okay, good. <laughs> Excellent. Roll impotence athletics. <laughs> Two successes. Excellent. You kick it good. Well, bad, but good. So what is what is Tissa doing? Uh, By that I mean roll. Can I get away with adaptability mid-ranged weapons again? Because I kind of like the idea that I'm using the spear more as like a big old stick and like tool rather than a weapon. Like yes, a prehensile tail. Not at all like a prehensile tail. Well, I guess like it's it's attached and it's used to do it's not, different it's, agility stuff. It's not. A, I mean, you could have used a walking stick. You could have said walking <laughs> stick. Oh, uh, it's too late for that now, isn't no, it? No, I like I like prehensile tail. It's too late for that now, but I do have two successes. <laughs> I was actually going to say it's going to cost you two successes rather than one because that's not what a spear is for. So yeah, yeah, you normally need a tail for that. It's not what a spear is for at all. It's just that, like, I don't think that she's got much crap on her. Yeah. No, uh, Tissa gives it a good jab into the uh, into the floor and is able to stay upright. That leaves Penelope. Uh, I'm going to try adaptability riding to see if I can um, hop onto Pollyanna. Who, you are indoors, my dude. Oh, okay. For some indoors. reason, I keep picturing us on, like, on a deck. But, yeah, we're in the captain's quarters. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, I got to rethink my plan. I guess in adaptability athletics, um, I'll follow, uh, try to follow Cobb's uh, trajectory. Okay, go for it. Adaptability athletics. And I, I roll bad. No successes. Uh oh. Bama, you fall. Um. You know what? You just straight up fall. I think you're going for Cobb's trajectory, but Cobb is going down to the lockbox, and you just kind of like Stooges-esque tumble over him. <laughs> it's like that gag where you go behind somebody and you bend over and your friend shoves him. And then they like, they run like into that. their, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Cobb's friend is um, the force of coral as you can feel yourself lurching not side to side, but up and forward. And the wind seems to roar and the sound of rain sheeting against the roof becomes much, much more intense. As you look out the window and realize that the barrel green is not sinking. Quite to the contrary, it is rising. Oh, ooh. An arm of coral has just thrust the ship up out of the ocean onto what appears to be just a big old white spire. Oh, goodness. I don't want it anymore. You take it. <laughs> and as you watch, the coral that has filled half of the room very slowly, almost glacially slowly, but perceptibly, begins to recede, pulling out through the windows like footage of a flood in reverse. Uh, 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 we're, we're still in the air. Oh, good. I was hoping we'd, we had lost this forever. Well, again. Yep, a couple things have happened. One of them is that the rest of the room that was covered in coral, and 
as the coral leeches away from it, you see strangely white wood with a faintly glimmering surface, but otherwise undamaged, untouched by rot or time. And the half of the lockbox that was stuck in the coral is likewise pristine and faintly sparkling and free. And what about the harp? The harp is actually the first thing to clear. The coral starts by crumbling away from the strings because of the way that um, it had been plucked and then just recedes entirely, except a small amount seems to be kind of holding it to the deck. And where has uh, Penelope found herself after she tumbled? Um, we're going to say, you know what? We're going to say, like, at the foot of the desk. You went for a tumble, you fell over Cobb, and you've landed next to the captain's desk. Okay. Um. Careful there. So she gets gets up, shakes herself off. Did she damage anything? Nope. And we're still moving up, hey? Yeah, the it's still moving, and the movement is not steady. It seems to come in fits and starts. It's an organic kind of occasionally lopsided motion that's drawing you upward. Like a big caterpillar. Crazy, okay. Oh, goodness. Um, guys, I think we should get to the deck, and um, I could call Pollyanna, and maybe she can help us get down. I think the sooner we get down from up... The better. I, I, yeah, I, I've disappointed Adalith before, but I, 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 I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've pissed one off before, so I, I don't want to risk that. All right. Oh, life is full of risk. Also, good, uh, good job with the, the harp there. I wouldn't have thought to do that. Oh, it was just the thing to do, I, I guess. What's this? Ah. Is there anything in the in the box? That's uh, hmm. yes. We'll 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 figure this out when we're all safe on shore. Come on, let's go. And Cobb is going to uh, hoist hoist the lockbox up and try and probably like put it under one arm if he can. Yep, it's about the size of like a warehouse pack of chips you would buy for Halloween. So it's not that big. No, it's not that big. It's like a big person could carry it under one arm, yeah. Right. And then uh, Cobb's going to kind of look at the the harp and sort of like point his thumb at it, that too. What's Cobb looking at? The harp. He's just sort of like, oh. does does he, do you want, do either of you want him to grab the harp too? He already has his musical instrument of choice. I, I'm not concerned. This thing makes me nervous. It's really cool. But it seems scary. So that's a yes, then. <laughs> oh, sure. You got it. All right. So Cobb grabs it. <laughs> Cobb's going to try and, like, wedge it or, like, unstick it from the floor. The coral is still kind of holding on to it. Cobb is, is going to, like, grimace and fight with it a little bit. But oh, wait. Like, he's not going to try real hard. He's kind of got one hand on it. Pluck the strings again. Maybe it wants you to continue playing. Does anyone know how to play? Uh, Tissa just, like, probably doesn't need too much further encouragement to just, like, pluck at it again. Are you trying to, like, play a song, or are you just kind of um, noodling at the strings? Tissa is absolutely just noodling at the strings. She doesn't know 
she doesn't have any performance in this version of her character. Like my first version draft that I sent you had something. Why am I even saying this? I'm probably going to cut it. Oh, well. Dope. But no, Tissa doesn't play the harp. Okay. So I guess give me, let's, um, what do you think, daring or adaptability? Let's see. Well, they are the same, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Okay. I would say adaptability to jam out. Adaptability jamming. Adaptability jamming. No success. Okay. The harp plays beautifully now that its strings have been freed. Like everything else, it seems to have been eerily well-preserved by this coating of coral. And it sounds lovely, but does not move. Mm-hmm. We can come back for it with a shovel later. I, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here, I think. All right, let's, uh, let's head to the deck. Okay. The first thing you notice upon leaving for the deck of the Barrel Green is that it is no longer on an angle. The ship is more or less, more or less flat. I mean, it's a little to one side, but not the 60 degrees that it was before um, the spire was building itself. You can see that it's kind of still lurching slightly and building itself upward. The deck is still partially slick with algae, just coated in a thick layer of ocean slime. And the other half, the part that had been below water, is perfectly new, with the exception of the fact that it is soaking wet. Because the next thing you notice is that it is driving rain. It is raining profoundly hard, a big old tropical rainstorm. Uh, I already had a shower this week. Oh, so I'm not going to call Polly because I'd prefer, I don't want to get her into danger flying out into a storm. How high up are we? Right now, you guys are about, um, two, two and a half KFCs up from the ocean surface. Oof. It's mm, pretty high. For it's pretty high. Maybe just two KFCs? Definitely, though... Is, is that a unit of measurement up there? We, we are we are multiple KFCs up for definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's metric. It's the killer fried chicken. God, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> respect my <laughs> respect my culture, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <sighs> I just couldn't think of any other building. <laughs> I'm like, what's a building? Uh, we in Canada use a, we used a different uh, system for measurement. We also use the Timbit for um, size as well. Uh, yeah. That happened in another one of our campaigns. Look, I only understand measurement in cubits. <laughs> I only understand measurement in cuberts. Your move. So, cubert is swearing. I can't make the cubert noise. Nobody can except cubert. So now my question is, guys... What do? You're right now being absolutely pounded by rain. And actually, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that for two points out of your survival pool, and if I remember right, you have five remaining. Mm -hmm. For two of those points, you guys can say you are adequately waterproofed. 
Otherwise, you're not going to be able to make sensitivity rolls. Ooh. I say go for the two points. You're drenched numb. You've got rain in your eyes. I'm not going to let you uh, perceive good. Um, I say I vote go for spend two points. Okay. Let's see. Like, like I said, Tissa doesn't have many tools. Has, like, the spear and, like, a pan and a simple pole tent and, uh, I don't know. A real broad-brimmed hat. Yeah. Real broad-brimmed hat. It's just... Yeah, I'll like, say... Up. I'll say I have something that, like, I, I assume that there's stuff... Since the Coral Coast probably is very... You know, they get a lot of rainstorms quite often. I probably picked something up while I've been here that's, you know adequately protective. I would imagine as a sailor, Cobb has plenty of waterproof stuff. Yeah, so we can go, yeah, okay, two points. You guys have packed it. Yeah, you guys are sensible. I always picture Tissa as looking like Gogo from Final Fantasy VI, <laughs> just kind of like like a tangled mess of scarves, now with a big floppy hat on, and I'm deeply in love with that image. Okay, yeah, no, that works for me. <laughs> Was that the sound of you Googling? That is the sound of me Googling because I don't know Final Fantasy very well. But yes, yes. No, this is absolutely correct. Great. So another thing that you notice is that the two KFCs in height of the coral spire holding the barrel green up is not perpendicular to the ocean surface. It's reaching out at an angle like... um, Okay, like, imagine that you have an apple. <laughs> mm-hmm. And someone taller than you wants the apple, and you're like, here you go, an apple. <laughs> All right. I, I can imagine that real well. But you're, imagine that, but you're, like, standing in a pool or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I got it. Yeah, okay. I got it. Okay. No, that's perfect. I'm, Keep going. I'm very good at evocative language. So um, as if the coral is offering an apple to the heavens and the apple is the ship and the coral is kind of uh, reaching out and upward rather than just straight up into the air. So there is a side that's a less steep traverse down back towards the ocean. Yep. All right. I'm going to start trekking down that way. Okay. The coral arm is a ways below the waterline of the ship. So while it wouldn't be readily accessible from here, there is damage in the ship's hull that's being revealed by this shifting coral that opens up onto um, the coral arm. Okay, so we'd have to go back into the ship and out of the ship again to get to the... Yeah, like you're a worm inside the apple. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh... Guys, I think... (laughs) It's all food. (laughs) Maybe you should have something to eat before doing this. <laughs> Anyways, crawling as we are through the apple. Yes. Yeah, let's if if there is like a like a hole in the hull that leads down to the coral that we can climb out, uh that sounds like a good idea. And I am going to roll um I guess it would probably be adaptability humanity to try to stifle my fear of going back in the dark hull or control it as best I can. Okay. Because don't want to, but also don't want to keep going up. <laughs> okay. Uh, two. Wow, I am rolling like garbage. Two edge successes. If you keep your edge successes, 
you will succeed in hiding your fear from one of the two people you are with, and you get to choose which one. The other one will definitely know you're scared. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm gonna leave that. Uh, I'm gonna leave that to a roll because I don't know either of them super well. So I don't think I have a success, a better success either way as to who I would be able to know how to hide it from better. So let's say odds is uh, um, Tissa. Okay. So Tissa has no idea you're terrified, but I think. Because you were clinging to him earlier, Cobb is pretty sure where you stand on the subject of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> this is sucky. Don't wanna. And again, I am clutching with a pretty firm hand. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I've done this a million times. Well, not so much crawling out a hole in a ship on top of the coral, but close enough. You know how it is. Sure, yep. sure I do. <laughs> you know exactly how it is. <laughs> it's an apple. <laughs> Fuck. Coral apple. <laughs> this, like, I can do good descriptions. I have that <laughs> capability, you guys. It's I, just, I tell it, just remember to eat something next time. I'm just real dumb today. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just, it's two KFCs tall, and Cobb has a lockbox the size of a box of tater chips. No. <laughs> okay, no, I'm good. I have all of my composure, and the audience didn't see any of <laughs> this is This is turning into a Snickers commercial. You're turning into a Snickers commercial. That'd be a good Snickers commercial. Or it's like the GM is just describing just like a fantasy land of candy and nuts. And all the players are huffing and rolling their eyes and leaning on their hands like, oh, my God, he's doing it again. Like, <laughs> oh, no. bro, have a, have a Snickers. And then he goes to describing this, like, beautiful but terrifying wasteland over which dragons soar and lightning bolts sear the sky. You're not you when you're hungry. God, that's a good commercial. Where was I? Okay, so when you guys go back into the darkness of the ship, you find what used to be the berths. There's walls and just rows upon rows of like simple little beds and simple little hammocks. This area was below the captain's quarters and was up until now completely covered in coral. And now all of the wood has an eerie, whitish, dusty color. Other than that, everything's pristine. There are notches cut into the poles next to the cots where people marked the distance of long journeys. There are blankets, stiff with long fossilization, but otherwise still left in disarray. There's um, pillows, probably. Um... Shit. <laughs> Fuck. Um, there are various accoutrements of life. Uh, loose shoes, a shirt tossed over a berth that has since been kind of fused to the wood in this layer of glittering, dusty white. There is, in the middle of the floor, an enormous hole. And in the darkness, there is a faint 
orange light glowing from this hole. What do? Ah, this takes me back. No time for reminiscing, though. I get distracted by the orange light. I actually feel a little bit more comfortable since it seems like it would have a little bit more light in here since there's that kind of the white dust kind of everywhere. I I assume it's going to give a little bit more light to the area than complete darkness. And the light from the hole looks inviting. So, surprise, everybody. Time to check against the sudden lurching of the uh, the coral arm. Oh, shit. Adaptability. And a skill that isn't ridiculous. Hobb is once again using his athletics, as he is a big athletic guy who is used to ships lurching around. Yes, I got two successes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, Cobb's fine. I'm going to keep on the same train of stabbing things that don't need to be stabbed with uh, two successes and two edges. No, two successes is fine. You anchor yourself in the ground. You're doing real good with this spear. I'm going to try Adaptability Humanity since I'm still like holding on to Cobb. Uh, I'm going to be using Humanity to kind of like watch his actions and try to like copy best I can. Just because you keep failing, I'm going to let you and... try this. <laughs> <laughs> One success and one edge success. I am only going to allow you to keep the edge success if you literally physically depend on Cobb to hold you up. (laughs) So mimicking his actions will not get you anywhere. Literally grabbing him for support will. It is your choice. Okay. Almost like when people like when little kids like stand on the toes of adults to dance. (laughs) <laughs> that um, wasn't what I was picturing, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm sorry, Cobb. <laughs> Good luck. Yep. All right. So, I, okay. We're, we're doing this. No, we can do this. I'm, I'm cool. We're good. <laughs> so Penelope quite nearly gets knocked over, but she gets knocked into the solidly balanced figure of Cobb, who has been on lurching ships before and doesn't really notice or care and just the impact of somebody who's kind of so well balanced and so solid just stops Penelope's descent and she does not fall over. Nobody falls over. So there's a door leading out of the birth area leading to a hallway beyond. A lantern hangs from the ceiling that has long since been put out but that is covered in the same residue of the coral that everything else is. At the end of the hallway, you can faintly see stairs leading down. Stairs from which that same golden light emanates. All right. And towards that also leads us towards getting out of the apple, right? Yes. All right. There's something about this. And I... An understanding role is I've got two successes and an edge. Is there anything like chafing or coral spirit flavored about this light that I can think of? What were you, uh, what skill were you rolling? Uh, Understanding? uh, Just understanding. Oh, flat understanding? Yeah. Dang. You gave me a bonus point. I did give you. Big understanding. I did that. Um, I'll be honest with you, no. Okay. The coral spirit expresses itself entirely through the movement of the coral, and uh, chafing expresses itself vocally. Okay. There aren't any stories about a golden light. Okay. That means it's good. (laughs) Obviously. 
Well, I. This is the way. This is the way forward, right? Yeah. Cobb, what what area of the ship is this leading to? Do you think? Seems like it's further towards the hold. Is that right, illustrious GM? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All yes. right. No, we're we're going further in towards the hold, which is good because that's usually where they keep the good stuff, or you know, just the stuff <laughs> in general. I don't think we're going to have time to 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 rifle. There's always time. You just got to be fast enough. Might as well, I guess. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. You guys advance toward the staircase. You guys are going downstairs into the hold? Yes. 100%. Okay. Um, if you look down through the hole in the floor, you can see kind of an open area stacked with crates. So that's kind of the, yeah, the hold is beneath you. Can we see the source of the light? You cannot. It, uh, it seems to be coming from a corner of the room that the hole kind of won't let you see into. All right. Which is not in the least bit ominous. Not at all. No, no, Pollyanna, or Penelope's completely comfortable with this. <laughs> completely. I thought you said you found the hole alluring. I Was did. Was that before I started talking about it this way? <laughs> Am I the one making you nervous? She's also nervous, but it's, yeah. What we don't know is Penelope is a moth. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't help myself. <laughs> okay. So you guys go into the hold, and I would like you all to roll me sensitivity and pick a skill. What are you nor- like? What are you perceptive toward? What are you kind of uh, looking for? Roll me sensitivity. I'm doing sensitivity focus. Uh, okay. I, I think Tissa is aware that there is something that is beyond her station going on out here, and so she is thinking magic-y stuff, and I've got one success and one edge. Um, okay. What about the rest of you? Cobb is using sensitivity and survival nautical. He's trying to remember if there's any sort of, like, sailor's tales or anything like that might be like this, or if he's just thinking if there this could be some sort of, like, I don't know, magic lantern. Well, I mean, not maybe not magic, but, like, some sort of lantern or other, like, nautical thing. Okay, and your result is? My result is one edge success, which I am taking. Okay. I'm going to go for sensitivity humanity, because um, Penelope is thinking perhaps we're not the only ones that tracked out to the ship. Um, it was visible all, all along the coast, so there could have been others. One success and two edge success. Okay. Um, I don't know that Cobb can make it, even if he keeps the edge success. It wasn't what he was after. Um, likewise, Tissa definitely notices. And... Then Cobb will just think it's some sort of nautical doohickey. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, what are we going to do to Penelope? <laughs> Three is enough to notice this, especially since she's been fixated on the light. Uh, it's just St. Elmo's Lantern. We're going to say that Penelope is going to, if she keeps the successes, notice this, but take a long time to realize what it is. Okay. Okay. Penelope notices the source of the orange glow. It is in an area with some crates. It seems to be coming from 
six distinct places, if you will. And there's something about it that feels human. Hmm. And it isn't until Penelope gets a couple steps closer that she recognizes what Tissa recognized almost immediately. They come out at night. They are not so much ghosts as they are amalgamations of ghosts. Amalgamations of fear and violence and terror left over from the last war and all the countless wars before it. These war spirits, known as horrors, come out at night. And they are perhaps the most human thing left in the world, the remnant of our willingness to kill one another. It uncoils itself from around a fossilized cask, a creature that looks like a ribbon made of deep black shining and scaly plates. Where those plates hinge together, there are six perfectly round holes around the size of a person's fist. A gold-colored light emits faintly from these holes and brightens as the creature begins to move. Its head is almost like a barracuda's, skeletal and long and full of teeth, although more black plates cover the eye sockets completely, with gold light piercing through the joints between the plates. It may once have had fins. Vestigial fins hang limply to the ground in a curtain of tattered skin. And it slowly moves, not to look at you, but to move alongside you. And it's time to do fights, my friends. Oh dear! It's time to do fights. Okay, how? Let's. How? How does fights? How does fights? I'm so glad you asked. How fights do? The first thing we're gonna do is we are going to, like in a lot of games, make an initiative roll. For you guys, that's going to be adaptability tactics. Instead of keeping your successes, you're just gonna let me know what your total was. So you're gonna add up the dice. Where's my dice? Eight. Okay. Uh, so I have one success. How many numbers? What I are have, the numbers? I have big numbers of of three. You rolled bad, my dude. Actually, <laughs> I rolled three, three, five. Okay, so that is uh, 11. We're not tallying successes. Yeah. I got 10. Okay, so we have got... It's been big 11. Ten for Penelope. Lucky number 11. Everybody knows it's a lucky number. We have 11, we have 11, and we have 8. So here's how combat proceeds. We're going to start with the person with the worst initiative. And anyone who hasn't acted yet this round can step in. An opponent can only step in on your turn if you give them an opening. And a lot of the things that you can do have openings. For example, if you punch somebody and they have a way of getting out of range, not only can they act to do that, but your punch misses. That's why we start with the slowest, because they're the least capable of reacting. Which means we're going to start with Tissa. What's the layout of the room? How far away is everybody from the thing? Did Penelope get mothed and is in, like, danger range of the the horror? Penelope is in danger range. She's a danger ranger. You are significantly further. I think you may have noticed what this was 
upon descending the staircase. Cobb is probably further in the room. The room is real large. It's the hold of a merchant ship, after all, and it is full of crates. Nothing that'll prevent you from seeing end-to-end, but just big, substantial square blocks. On the far side of the room, there is a hole through which the sound of screaming wind can be heard. Okay, so I think that Tissa's first reaction is to sort of, maybe surprisingly, like, run up to Cobb and, like, grab him and say, help me out as a way of seeing if we can initialize a uh, cord to help out Penelope. Okay. So the spell piece is available on the barrel green. And when you do a cord, you use one local spell piece, you use one of your own, and you can also get someone else to add one. They have to spend a memory piece, but they don't have to scatter. So... The spell pieces available in the barrel green right now are Deep, Secret, Salt, Returning, Swaying, Sinking. I'm thinking Returning Respite. We can have something that will uh, make a little bit of space for Penelope to get away from the thing that I assume is trying to get the drop on her. Um, so, Cobb, would you like to help out with this? It has been requested that you do. Absolutely. I think helping Penelope here get a little, like, not just get immediately latched onto by this thing is a good idea. Okay, so my next question is, which of your words are you contributing to returning respite? I will uh, put in moving to physically move it away from her. Sort of, like, keep it away. So we've already seen Tissa cast a spell. These, uh intuitive, reactive kind of ribbons. What does Cobb's magic look like? Cobb's magic is very closely related to the sea. Like there will be sort of like a smell of salt and any sort of physical or visual effect would be, you know, like the color of the ocean or little little flecks of salt or minerals found in the water. Okay. Penelope, as you watch this creature moving alongside you, you see what looks like a tidal wave made of countless strands of white light that arrange themselves into a wave that, despite its size and ferocity, kind of gently picks you up and carries you back closer to where Tissa and Cobb are standing and seems to remain there. This is a cord, after all. This isn't an ordinary spell. So Penelope finds herself still surrounded by the smell of salt air and the appearance of these um, these watery strands around her. Okay. Um, actually, oh, sorry. Well, it is your turn. Um, I'm going to make you act next. Okay. Because so. I was actually thinking of um, passing on, um, passing on a cord as well. Uh, since, um... I mean, everybody else has acted this round, so... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be nobody next can, round. Yeah, nobody can move their turn to yours until next round. Uh... You know what? I am going to straight up try my archery. Atta um, girl. Just shoot it. I'm just gonna shoot the thing. Just shoot it. So... 
Huh. Two successes. Okay. Two successes is enough to hit broadside. So my next question for you is, where am I and what am I doing with my life? (laughs) Okay, so you're just using a basic bow? Yeah, I have a, yeah, the basic longbow. The way damage works is you roll your attack and... The difficulty to hit someone who doesn't know you're trying to hit them is zero successes. The difficulty to hit somebody who is trying to evade you is one. And there are other effects that can raise that higher, but mostly it's going to be one or zero. Then you take the amount of successes over the threshold that you got, and you add it to the damage of your weapon. So the basic longbow has plus one to damage. So you've beaten the difficulty to hit it by one. You have plus one damage, so you deal two. Uh, Your shot seems to glance off one of the plates, but in toward the inside. So, um, yeah, it didn't like that. It takes damage and it hated that. And it, uh, it kind of makes a low rushing sound, like wind over a broad area. And just begins to move. And like it did before, it moves around until it is not facing you, but kind of uh, parallel. Suddenly, six jagged, salt-crusted chunks of iron ore fly out of the holes in its sides. And because there are three party members standing within range, each of you is getting two. Boo. Oh, yeah. It's like cannons. Yeah, my dude, it's like cannons. Okay, so Penelope gets hit once. Um, Cobb gets hit once. And Tissa gets hit twice. One nice. of them isn't... Good job, Tissa, proud of you. And we're going to say that Cobb takes two damage, Penelope takes two damage, and Tissa takes three. Oh, three. Okay. I was getting ready for four. No, um, one of the blows was not as solid as the others. Nice. Okay. And before the next round begins, I would like to ask everyone to roll Adaptability Athletics. Is the boat lurching? Yeah, for sure it is. What, you thought you were just getting sent for a harmless tumble before? <laughs> no, that was what you call a foreshadowing. Roll the dice. Oh, dear. Three successes. Cobb is fine. Cobb has fought plenty of jerks on the open, on the open ocean. One success. Well, one success for Tissa? Mm-hmm. Two successes okay. for Penelope. <laughs> Hey now. At least Penelope can work together when it counts. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, the light from the horror is actually helping her a little bit. <laughs> okay. Tissa goes for a tumble and ends up kind of sprawled on the floor. Nice. And now it is Tissa's turn. Okay, so. Tissa, would you like to catch a, cast a spell together? Uh, Sure. I like spells. So what's your idea? So I was thinking, since it seems to have, like, fire inside it, we could do something that, like, quells the fire. Or I have a spell piece called, like, heart. So if you have something that, like, freezing heart or that kind of thing, we could, like, cool the fire inside the creature. Freezing is an arcanist word. Yeah, I'm I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. 
the desert one. Oh, right, right, right. That being said, the local pieces you have to work with are deep, secret, salt, returning, swaying, and sinking. Hmm. You know what? Let's try returning heart. Let's try to send it back away, down to the deep. Okay, um, Tissa, do you have anything you'd like to add to returning heart? I forgot to scatter you two. Yeah, the spell that you guys cost uh, probably cost two scatter. Works for me. Yep. Okay, so my first question is, Tissa, would you like to spend a memory point to get in on Penelope's spell? I I want to, but I'm not sure if I can think of something good to add to it. So finding, speaking, searing, heat, respite, and sands. We don't have any sands in here. You, You know what? I would maybe mm-hmm. respite, like sending it back, quieting it, returning it. I'm thinking almost like quieting the 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 quelling spirits thing. Could I like add it. the Could I add the local word depth to it, or does it have to be one of my spell pieces? It's got to be one of yours. You're adding a piece of yourself to this spell. All right. Well, well, maybe I don't know if it's if it's we're returning returning heart. And there's some sort of light emitting from it, and it's a uh, it's a spirit of rage. Maybe we are returning the searing heart. Ooh, okay. Hey now, I okay. like that. Hey now, you're an all star. Get your game I on. I swear, Shrek. Kirsten, <laughs> this is a serious moment. All it's, right. Thank you, Shrek. We are coming together as spell friends. Yeah, this is a beautiful moment. Okay, so yeah, it's got lots of layers like an onion. <laughs> Uh, I brought this on myself. (laughs) And yet. Okay. You guys are casting respite for the searing heart. Wait, returning the searing heart. Mm -hmm. And your goal is to send the rage of this rage spirit into into the light and away from here. Um, I'm obviously not going to let you just defeat an encounter for spell. So I'm going to give you a couple choices. Okay. The first choice will cost you, Penelope, four scatter. It will also cost Broadside four scatter. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you how much Broadside has, but I am going to tell you that you don't want it to have (laughs) all of its scatter. Okay. I can give you one that will cost you two scatter that will just take a chunk of HP off of it. Ooh, choices, choices. You know what? Let's remove its scatter. I, I'm I'm comfortable with removing four of its scatter. Okay. And you said that cost me four as well? Yes. You guys are both going to expend four scatter. So what this spell looks like is an outpouring from Penelope of these spectral vines and tendrils that seem to run along the ground like the kelp did. And slowly, as Tissa focuses on the spell, little white buds open and flower, and the red and the orange that burns inside this creature begins to be slowly siphoned off into these flowers. And they remain there just like the wave remains around Penelope. So now my question is, question one, what Cobb do? Cobb has his saber in hand at this point. He is still holding on to the lockbox. 
It is under his left arm. <laughs> he hasn't okay. dropped it yet, hey? He has not dropped it yet. He is going to jab his sword at it, but he is mostly using that as just a implement to cast magic on it. Okay, what kind of spell are you casting? He is going to use secret water. Okay. <laughs> and he is going to shoot at the, the, the one-liner that the hardest part about operating a cannon on the seas is keeping the powder dry. And he is <laughs> basically going to try and stab it and have water like bubble up from within it and basically lessen its ability to shoot things at us. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I dig that. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say Broadside has six of these openings. For every scatter you spend, you will disable one of them. Uh, in that case, then, let's see, I already have two. So I'm going to spend three scatter. You stab at it, seemingly half-heartedly, but that rush of waves and the sound and scent of sea air pours down your arm and down the blade and into one of these cores that floods both it and the two that are on either side of it with spectral bubbling seawater, which it hates. It hates so bad. And before Broadside's turn, Penelope is healed one. Hmm. The remnants of the spell that Tissa and Cobb cast are still clinging to Penelope, and the, the respite of that spell kind of calms her panic-addled heart and uh, restores an HP. Thanks, guys. These are cords. They're more powerful. They're big and beefy. They're extremely beefy. The little white flowers are still glowing, and they siphon off a little of what is black about Broadside now is, is siphoned off. And it, being incapable of doing kind of the worst thing it's capable of doing, decides that it is going to, because everyone is still standing beside it. No, actually... It moves slowly. It begins to move in an arc around Cobb. It bends its ribbon-like body in a circle around him. And it's going to fire all three at him. Oh, it's mad at you. It is going to strike three times for a total of six damage. I'm sorry I did that. Total party kill on the first encounter, hell yeah. <laughs> Oops. But that is the round. So it is time to say, Tissa, what do? Help Cobb. Yes. <laughs> this is sort of the question of, of what way to do so. Did, are we going to just assume that I got back on my feet at some point last round? No, you're, um, you didn't say you got up. That's true. I didn't say that. So I have to both get up and help Cobb. You do have to both get up and help Cobb. I can keep spellcasting from the floor, I guess. <laughs> you could just, yep. <laughs> just like lying down there. <laughs> oh, my giggle looks like a Christmas tree in the waveform. Uh, can I just cast a healing spell or do I have to spend a memory point for an arpeggio to do that? You can just cast a spell and scatter and I will give you some options as to what happens, yes. Okay, yeah, I, I, I like... So we're going to use salt as the noun that looks like cob, and we'll use respite since it's the word that I've been using a bunch. Real helpful piece of vernacular there. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to let you 
heal for like half the amount of scatter you put in? Round it up or round it down? Uh, I'm going to let you round up. Okay, we'll go three scatter for two healing. Suddenly, uh, Cobb hits a just a rush of white light and salt air and feels very much more himself and feels very much better. By that I mean feels three better. I thought it was going to oh. be two better. Two better. Feels two better. Thank you. How's everybody doing for scatter, BT dubs? Oh, like uh, Tissa is basically starting to trip right now. Okay. So scatter is this game's uh, magic points system. Basically, as you combine elements of yourself with elements of the world around you, you begin to uh, to disassociate. Pieces of you are kind of left outside of you, blended with yourself and the people around you. And when somebody expends all of their scatter, they lose consciousness. They're kind of no longer capable of functioning. They're no longer in their body until they can be brought back. So casting spells comes with it this increased distance between yourself and your body. So with that in mind, Penelope, what do? Mm, yeah, I'm kind of running low on scatter myself. Um, trying to see if I have a, uh, You know what? I'm just going to straight up try to shoot it again. Okay. And because I, I like to to shoot with a bow. Three successes and one edge success. Oh, that's tons. If you keep the edge success, I mean, it's going to mean dealing another damage, but it will defo target you next for surezies. Oh. You know what? Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. All right. That is a bunch of damage. You land one kind of right in where its face ought to be, right in under one of those plates, which it hates so bad. It hates that deeply. And it makes that deep, whooshing, whaley wind that it produces. And now is time for it to go. And it has very suddenly lost interest in Cobb and begins to uncoil itself and begin moving on an angle toward Penelope. Oh, thanks for healing me some, guys. Okay. So, the time has come for me to roll dice. Oh, that's bad. Uh, that's also bad. Like bad and like bad for me or bad oh, for it? No, no, oh no, these are um, these are all bad for you. Oh, we're looking at like six, my dude. I uh, I I took into account because I knew I saw that Cobb got six okay. last time, and I was like, I could I I could take it. I don't like it, but. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm still standing. <laughs> the only person left to act this round is Cobb. Go back to hell, you blazing gun elemental. And Cobb is just going to, like, crack this thing over the head with the lockbox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just as hard as he can possibly swing this thing. <laughs> I guess dare, roll me daring melee weapons. Uh, that is two successes and one edge success. If you keep the edge success, the 
lock and hinges will jam, making it harder to get this open. Oh, okay, that's fine. Then, yeah, I was expecting it to just explode. I was going to take it anyway, so yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to open it for you. That's that's a bit much. Okay, so you said that was two and one edge? Yeah, two and one edge. Okay. Let's see. What kind of damage does a lot... You know, I mentioned that this was fossilized. <laughs> like, you did. It, uh... Oh, it profoundly hates that. It actually, like... The weird currents that it was following on the air that were holding it up don't seem to hold it up against this, and it actually, like, crashes into the deck and now kind of has been distracted from its equilibrium by just a big old bonk to the noggin. Turns out you guys could have bonked its noggin. I know that lockbox would come in handy. (laughs) You did know that, yeah. So now my question is, Tissa, what do... Oh, wait, no. One other thing happens. The blossoms drag another another kind of bit of the blackness out of Broadside, and Penelope is healed for one. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now my question is, what do, Tessa? Well, I'm out of scatter, so I probably have to get up now. Probably. Well, like, not, not like, out, out, out. Yeah, I'm going to stand up. And I guess since it's clobbered over the head time, I will try to daring mid-ranged weapons it. Great. Roll me daring mid-ranged weapons. It's uh, two successes and an edge. What's the edge cost? Edge cost is going to be, I'm going to make the whole party, like, it's going to lurch again. I'm going to make the ship lurch and you're all going to have to roll again. Cobb is fine with this. (laughs) Cobb's fine. (laughs) Kristen? You know what? Sure. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. All right. Let's add some more damage then. Okay. So that is three successes. Yeah. So it should be five minus whatever the armor is. Oh, right. Yeah. Because a uh, typical pole arm is plus uh, three. But um, that actually is enough to just um, well... Broadside's head is down, having been knocked to the floor by Cobb. Just skewer it to the wood, and it stops and falls limp to the ground, and then begins to dissolve, first into a black mist and then into nothing. And soon the only sound you can hear is the pounding of the rain from outside, as the door to the coral arm is wide open. All right. That... That could have gone better. Tissa opens her mouth like she's about to say something and kind of just staggers a little bit toward the door. I uh, I offer an arm to, to Tissa, even though I'm not necessarily the, the most stable, but <laughs> and I also head to the door. So what you guys see as you exit the, the boat is there's a big hole in the hull and there's a ramp down to the ground made of coral. It's more or less level. It is not entirely stationary as bits of coral keep kind of moving up this coral arm to extend it further. Um, It is, however... Is it smooth? Like, can it be ridden like a slide? (sighs) (laughs) You see, my image in my head is no, but I love that so deeply. I'm going to say that it can't be ridden like a slide... However, it could be tobogganed down. Oh, yeah. I was thinking like, you know, like the the burlap sacks on the thing at the fairs, you know. So I take 
I assume I had some kind of like rain jacket or rain outer jacket and I place it on the ground and I sit on my butt and I start going down. Wee! Come on, guys! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> okay, you know what? I guess this is daring. Um, you know what? You're trying to steer something, so I will let you roll daring riding. Ooh, all right. But the difficulty is going to be, the difficulty is going to be two, three to make it all the way to shore. All right. Let's see if I roll good. No. You, you oh, no, I got two successes. Two successes. <laughs> okay. So you make it most of the way down, but as happens when you slide down hills, you make it about two-thirds of the way before falling off the side and splashing into the shallows. Uh, you are drenched in seawater, but you're most of the way to shore. <laughs> You maniac. <laughs> Cobb is going to slowly but deliberately drag himself and the lockbox down the coal ramp to the shore. Okay, I'm not I'm gonna ask for uh I'm gonna ask for adaptability athletics. Uh one success, one edge success, which I will take. Yeah, I am not allowed to offer you an injury because you are a swashbuckler. Oh no, wait, that's daring athletics. You know what? I'm going to say if you keep the edge if you don't keep the edge success you will make it halfway before falling off. If you keep the edge success you will make it all the way without the lockbox. I will make it half the way and then fall off. That's <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> yep. Penelope's going to swim out towards him when he falls in so to to help with the lockbox. How does adaptability navigation sound? Or is navigation like more a long-term kind of thing than this? It's more kind of a your general location thing. Okay. Like you know which way town is, it's down. Navigation is like knowing where I am. Like if I had to like write, write down on a map where I was. Okay. Yeah. Tissa, join us. The water's warm. You... No, it isn't. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Actually, even in a tropical storm, it's probably not too bad. Roll subtlety humanity because you've told me why. <laughs> it seems warm to me. <laughs> Maybe it's because I peed in it. <laughs> why well, you got to be that way? Oh, God. All right. Do you believe me? Uh, subtlety humanity. Mostly I was just dunking on you. Oh. <laughs> I got one success. You're I worse than I ever imagined. <laughs> I believe it's I warm. <laughs> I know how terrible you are from personal experience because I've known you a long time and you're the worst. But you're <laughs> somehow worse than I ever imagined. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Survival is for not this type of thing, right? I mean, survival is for general preparedness. Actually, you know what? You guys haven't used the entirety of your pool. Um... You could spend two points out of the pool to say that you've brought, like, for some reason, climbing harnesses and shit. I would allow that. What do y'all think? All right. I mean... I, I, that seems a little contrived to me, like, narratively. Yeah? We, we could have ropes, or... Yeah. Oh, maybe use some of your scarves and, like, kind of fashion, <laughs> like, you know, like those bedsheet ropes. I will Rapunzel myself yeah. down. <laughs> Rapunzel yourself down this ramp with the power of your scarves? Yes. I love it. Um, 
Okay, awesome. <laughs> Like, I'm going to ask you to roll uh, adaptability athletics, but the difficulty is not particularly high. It's one. I rolled two. Uh, well, I succeeded, so. Yeah, you you defo succeeded. Like, you Rapunzel yourself down. You make it all the way to shore, or at least enough of the way to shore that you can pretty confidently just walk down. Cobb swims. I mean, Penelope goes to help him, but I can't imagine Cobb has any difficulty swimming with stolen lockbox under his arm. That seems like something he's done before. He's a little beat up at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is a little beat up. And Penelope um, slides down like a child sliding down an icy hill and <laughs> takes a splash in the shallows. <laughs> Whee! Um, now that you're closer to shore, you can see Pollyanna standing in the shade of a tropical tree with great broad waxy leaves and just kind of stamping the ground at you like oh, looking Polly, at you it's and okay. stamping I'm sorry I'm sorry here and I take my <laughs> coat and I like oh wait no this is all wet uh I don't have anything dry for you, you. Used I'm your sorry. coat as a toboggan my dude <laughs> uh it's all wet what can I get out of uh, one scatter with uh, heat to like make things better for the cloud elk. Um, I mean, one scatter is going to bring you to zero, and you're going to fall over, I right? I had eight. I got eight, so I've got enough to not quite fall over. Oh, okay. So you have scattered eight up to this point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, with one, like you can. The words on the shore are different. Let me just scroll up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The words on the shore are watching, shifting, color, coral, and shelter. Or I have, um, I also have restoring. So if you have heat, we could cast it together. I could use one of my scatter I, as well. I, I don't know if Tissa kind of like basically. Like, seeing the cloud elk walking over, like, kind of not very coordinatedly and making a not particularly well-thought-out decision needs to have a cord that you spend a memory point on. But that could be okay. Because, <laughs> like, Tissa is out of it right now. So, I mean, a person can cast a spell solo. <laughs> but casting a spell with another person requires a memory point. Uh, so we'll do we'll do a shifting heat that can uh, make a, a happy a happy ungulate. Okay. So what happens is in the shelter of this broadleafed plant, there is just a little golden light that kindles into a sphere of what looks like the light of a warm campfire. And uh, when you step into it, you feel a little drier. Uh, definitely warmer, and you've created what is essentially a little warm campus space for the time being. Thank you, Tissa. And Pollyanna doesn't seem particularly cold. It looks like she got out of the rain and didn't go into the rain, but she does still look annoyed. She's, she's okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know there was gonna the storm was gonna come up so fast. Here, here. Um, do I have your brush? I like search through my like little. Um, she has a little saddle bag um, that I keep a couple things that are hers, and I search through it to see if she has the brush in there. 
And I find a beat up old brush that's her favorite brush. I start to brush her. She seems to like begrudgingly settle down. <laughs> Stop stamping. There, there, there. I'm sorry, babe. Now you guys are gathered in this nice little warm space free of the driving rain and screaming wind and the coral and it's time for... It's time for a song. It's time for a song. Okay. Which Cobb attempts to play and then kind of winces and says, maybe when I'm feeling a bit better. (laughs) Right. So with the exception of a couple loose ends, you guys have finished your first story arc. Oh. Yes. You did it. So I'm going to let everybody take, because this one took us three sessions, we're going to say I'm going to let you take three skill points from the Volcanic Tracker list Mm. or the Tidal Navigator list, Mm. depending on whether you learned more about the tropics or about boats. Uh, I'd say I learned about boats. (laughs) I learned I don't like them. (laughs) Yeah. Defo. And my next question is, not so much a question, it's memory time. Hooray. What did we all remember? Other than Cobb getting completely wrecked. Like, basically everyone got nearly wrecked. (laughs) Like, Tissa's only halfway up on the damage chart, but is completely out of scatter. You two are both beat up. Yeah. Dang. Unfortunately, I don't know what I remember right now because I'm still looking f- what skills are, which is a very responsible use of Kat's booth time. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> Big remembers for Cobb, um, other than getting wrecked. The monster was really cool. I pictured it in my head as this sort of like weird, almost like the 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 yellow the yellow fisherman guy from the the fish sticks. Oh. Fish- <laughs> like, like, kind of like that, but instead of, like, a person who is a fisherman, more like a boat made of cannons. Yeah, exactly like the, the yellow fisherman guy. I was also imagining the mascot of a highliner bread fish stick. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just keeping up with the food trend, okay? <laughs> no, I'm down for it. I'm absolutely down for it. If I seem like I'm not, I no, I apologize. I'm completely here for it. Okay. Kirsten. I actually really like the movement of the coral, the way it was like picking up the boat, uh, reacting, and the way it like interacted and kept the boat like this weird, preserved, like intact fossil. Like it, I really liked that, and I actually really liked how our team interacted as with our first combat. In a lot of other um, times, I've played uh, different sessions of different games. Uh, combat tends to be pretty like okay, this person attacks, this person attacks, but we kind of did a lot of things uh, together. And so it kind of, I really liked that. It sort of forced a party togetherness, which I I really liked. You guys did a lot of real good teamwork today. Mm -hmm. I remember a couple of things, but one of the things that I remember is we have a MacGuffin that is still sitting on the ship, potentially. (laughs) The harp? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. What are you talking about? I have it right here. <laughs> Cobb has what he came for. <laughs> okay. So um, everybody has acquired their skill points. Everybody has acquired a memory point. And next time, 
I guess we're going to find out what exactly it was that Cobb pilfered from this ship. Heck yeah, we are. Maybe. Assuming he can get it open. So thank you for playing with us, everybody. You can find our website at peachgardengames.com or at sortofsymphonies.com. I bought both. (laughs) The game rules are posted there, so check them out. Play along with us. Let us know what you think. And as always, thanks for joining us. Night, everybody. Have a good night, everybody. Oh, I should say goodbye, too.